174th episode of The Week with Roger, a conversation between analysts about all things telecom, media, and technology from Recon Analytics. I'm Don Kellogg, and with me as always is Roger Antner. How are you doing, Roger? I'm tired from CES. So you just got back from CES. How was it? Well, it was my first CES in 12 years, and I hope that my next one is at least 12 years away. It's a big friggin' show. It's not that wireless-centric or not, not that telecom-centric. I went to the, the media stuff in the ARIA, which was underwhelming. The only thing interesting I saw was like something called Mudra Band, which like lets you control everything with when you have an apple watch and it measures like the thing we might have we might have these people come on the podcast there were some interesting rumors going on there's a lot of changes in retail and i think what you heard or what we heard or what i heard confirmed it that Best Buy is exiting out of it and, and or or at least reducing its exposure to to wireless significantly. Walmart is doubling down and, and expanding. It doesn't look like that there are changes at at Target and in and, and Costco, even though that there was like around Christmas time some disruption. Another rumor is that that Samsung is is exiting the entry level phones because there's not enough loyalty by the buyers, and I'm like, yeah, no kidding. But they were like, they're they're like a huge driver of volume, both at the low end and at the high end. If they're leaving the low end, that that opens up the whole market for especially Motorola. TCL maybe, you know, no with their sub brands like Nokia and, and others and, and like folks that we haven't heard of. And so it's it's gonna be very interesting. Yeah, I mean I thought this was really interesting in the sense that, you know, when you're talking about sub two hundred devices, you're really talking about prepaid. Right. You're talking about Android. There is no Apple device under, you know, three or four hundred dollars. And that's even even that is an SE, which is kind of a handicapped device in some ways. And particularly globally, there's a lot of people who buy devices under the $200 price point. So when we look at our device study, we've so far this year, we've we've passively measured device ID for over 300,000 respondents. And, you know, there's a good 10, 15% of folks that are not on either Apple or Samsung devices uh, that are on these other other brands, some of which you mentioned. And a good proportion of them are on low-end devices. So yeah, sure, these folks are probably not buying a new device every year, but it seems like Samsung may be walking away. What I've read on this is that the margins are terrible, and so they just don't want to be involved with it. But I also think there's like a brand name recognition there. You know, Samsung's had the A-line. You know, Their S-line is kind of their flagship line and the a line is their down market brand branding and you know walking away from competitively priced handsets on prepaid i think is potentially a mistake right you you get your first device and you start you just like you develop loyalty around brand at a carrier level you also develop loyalty around brand for your device yeah and 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 android is struggling anyway right and in postpaid 
Apple has like what, 80, 90, 80% market share? Android is, is where, where the thing is. And- well, I think it depends on the context, right? So if you look globally, right, where folks are less likely to be able to afford an Apple device, Android has higher share than they do here in the U.S., but you're you're right, right? Like what what we see in the U.S. is that Android loses about one percent share per year to Apple, and just from a total market perspective, we're looking at like a sixty forty split right now, right? Where sixty percent of subscribers that we talk to or, or customers, it's inclusive of prepaid, ha- have an Apple device, and forty percent have an Android device. And next year it'll be thirty nine or thirty eight, or right? Like we, we we see that kind of continued erosion in terms of the platform. Yeah, and so it's like who eats who faster, right? It's like Apple is eating into Android, and right. But if if I look at this from Samsung's perspective, what they basically said is they want to take a smaller piece of a smaller pie because they're getting rid of the low end for their Android devices, right? Like now, you know those those devices may not be margin accretive, right? And so that might be the right decision for them. But from a share perspective, they're walking away from a lot, and it's a big opportunity to your point for a lot of other manufacturers. Yeah, and and so they successfully drove LG out of the market. And and Samsung was eating into all of all of the other Android guys, one or two percent. So Samsung w- was doing doing well in a in a shrinking in a shrinking ecosphere. But by the way, it's not not only prepaid. If you look at the at the cable guys, they they need something besides iPhone, and it's not necessarily. While they get prepay a lot of prepaid customers, it's it's not necessarily prepaid, and and I think that the, the delineation between prepaid and postpaid is becoming less and less significant and noticeable, right? And so it, it's a it's a peculiar move, but yeah, if I would be Motorola or TCL, I'd be very happy about if Samsung is actually following through with it. Because that's where a lot of volume is, and volume drives down, you know, your bomb because of higher because of higher volume discounts. The uh, the other piece of the volume perspective, you know, I'm like I, I'm a flagship Android person, right? I've got an an S twenty three Ultra. Prior to that, I had an S twenty two Ultra. And frankly, I can't tell the difference year over year, and it's the same thing with the iPhone, right? So, to the extent that you know, if you're trying to drive volume, you have to make something interesting. That's going to make people go out and buy a new device for more reasons than just the battery isn't as good as it used to be, right? Because we all know that all these devices have battery issues over time, right? Particularly Apple devices. For some people, battery life is really important. But yeah, when the device is $1,200, not a lot of people have $1,200 every year lying around to buy a new phone. That's why you have the financing by the carrier. Now it's three years and it might go even four years. But that's the price that the the device manufacturers had by by running up the the ASP from somewhere in the hundreds to to now twelve hundred dollars, right? Yeah, but I mean, like my, my my point is that like the functionality needs to change, right? Like one of the things that we've seen on the iPhone data that we have, for example, is you know, we can see all of the iPhone models that are out in the marketplace all the way back to you know iPhone 3G or whatever, right? So there are still a handful of people that have these devices out there. And one of the things that we do, we ask all kinds of different satisfaction metrics around photos. 
And generally speaking, iPhone customers are, are fairly happy, but we can see there's a big change in terms of how the newer devices deal with things like low light photos and objects and motions and things like that. So like there are still aspects of the device experience where things are improving, right? And the newer devices like the iPhone 15, the iPhone 14, and so forth, we see much higher scores in terms of some of these, you know, what I would classify as more niche applications. But the core functionality of an iPhone in the last five years, or an Android device for that matter, hasn't meaningfully changed. And, you know, we hear all this stuff coming from the chipset guys about, you know, putting putting different AI cores and everything else in devices. I'm hopeful that something changes, right? Where like your phone is going to be do be able to do more things and increased functionality in the sense that and to some extent, some of the computational photography is using some of these, those AI cores. But the core use case for a device hasn't changed. The device upgrade cycle has lengthened, right? And sales are down as a function of that, right? So, you know, if you're Samsung and you have a choice between, you know, getting out of the low end or, or maybe building something more exciting, or Apple too, frankly, I mean, they're doing the whole Vision Pro thing. I think that... To some extent, the consumer interest in devices, while they're absolutely essential devices, they haven't changed meaningfully enough for for folks to kind of really jazz that upgrade cycle, right? I remember the days when when the ASP of a of a flagship phone was like two hundred and fifty dollars. Right now, it's twelve hundred fifty dollars, and a lot of the applications, like you mentioned, camera, it's like. I appreciate the low light capabilities of of the camera and all of these things, but I can afford buying an iPhone if I would ha- if I would want to every year. I'm fortunate that way, but I'm not out every night where with friends and uh, and taking pictures in low light environment, right? So it's like you know once in a in a blue moon. So. And, and, you know, in, in the device manufacturer's defense, right, because I feel like I've been kind of hard on Samsung here, they are trying new things, right? Like, so we look at foldables, foldables, for example. Yeah, but that's a massive failure. Same thing with, with Motorola. We, we have the data. People, it got hyped up, and people are not that into it. Well, so the, the core issues with foldables are twofold. Pardon my pen, right? One is people don't trust that the foldable screen is going to be resilient enough. We, we know most people keep devices for three years. Is something that has a hinge that with a screen that folds, is that going to survive for three years, right? Because I think that's kind of the, the test. And two, because they have such large screens that they're folding over, the, the balance of battery capacity to how much battery the device uses is off whack versus what people are used to to experiencing, right? So if I just have a brick phone like my S23 Ultra, you know, I can get a good day and a half, almost two days on a charge. A similar a device that's like a, a similar form factor that's a foldable, I might get half of that. I might not even get over a full day because it's driving... The number one reason why devices draw down battery are screen, and if you're in a low coverage area, then your radio powers up and you use a lot of battery that way too. But for most folks in a good coverage environment, it's going to be screen. And foldables are not as competitive from a battery consumption perspective as a normal brick phone would be. So good job, Samsung, trying to work this out. I think we're still a ways away from a true foldable that's going to be you know, competitive versus a brick phone. 
on the kind of the non-foldable aspects of that. I'm I'm using the what is it the the Samsung Galaxy Fold, and it's not bad. I let my son use it, and he likes it a lot more than than me. But he's 22, and and he's like, oh wow, with a large screen, and he's in the medical field, and 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 finds that useful. But it's it's more nichey, right? Yep. Yep. So we'll see. All right. Well, good talk this week. We'll uh, we'll talk next week. Yeah, hopefully I'm less tired next week. I hope so, too. All right. Bye. <laughs> okay. <laughs> bye.